You're listening to the Jacob Media Sports Network in partnership with AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Subscribe to the Jacob Media channel on YouTube for access to all daily sports content. All right, welcome back. The Fix is live. Hanging with you here in the Prop Swap Studios on a rainy Wednesday here in South Jersey going up until 10 p.m. It's 7.30, so it's time for J-Mac, as I call him, a.k.a. John McMullen. Follow him on Twitter at JFMcMullen, phillyvoice.com, si.com, host of Extending the Play every Saturday, 10 a.m. right here on 1490. And coming soon to a theater near you, Birds 365, Monday to Friday, 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. with Jody Mack on the YouTube channel. All right, let's bring John into the conversation now. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Deshaun Watson. Luke and I talked about it at the start of the show. I want John's thoughts. And then, of course, we're going to get into the T-shirt and shorts Hall of Fame update. We'll get into uh, everything else going on surrounding the Philadelphia Eagles. Johnny Mack, what's happening? I uh, just came off uh, the field, ran a 4-3 today, Ryan. Nice. Now, that, that was 10 yards, or what was that? That was five yards, I think. I don't even want to get to Okay. That's... But everybody's, you know, Oprah's giving out four threes. You got a four three. You got a four three. Everybody's running a four three. So why not? Yeah. Uh, let, well, let's start there then for a second. I mean, your thoughts now on the latest uh, hoopla, if you will, around, you know, Kyle Pitts and everything else uh, going on here in these pro days. <laughs> Ryan, he's a unicorn. <laughs> unicorn. He's never existed before. He's the greatest player. I don't know. I, I hope Kyle does very well. It's not his fault. But, yeah, I mean, I said from yesterday's uh, show, I, you know, this is the time of year where pro days are finally, thankfully, going to be ending soon in the next couple of days, and, and we can get into the um, more realistic portion uh, of the pre-draft process. But, I mean, yeah, it's just – it's so absurdly over the top, it it, it gets annoying. I, I mean, tremendously talented kid. Jamar Chase obviously had his pro day today. Um, he as well, tremendously talented. But let's settle down. Not everybody – is Randy Moss. Not everybody is Tony Gonzalez. You don't have to say it. Right. Um, yeah, and, and I'm still, like, great. You know, good for Pitts on what he did. Uh, wish him nothing but the best of luck, uh, especially if he somehow ends up in Philadelphia, which is highly, highly unlikely. Um, you know, but come on here. I, I'm still under the the opinion of... He doesn't fit right now with the Eagles, and I would say you agree. Uh, no, I, I don't know. I wouldn't go that far. I mean, I think he fits anywhere as a as a potential. Um, you know, anytime you can add talent, I think it's a good thing. But the difficult part is you can't have everybody. So that's where the uh, evaluation and the valuation of positions come into it, and how you build your football team. And I talked about it a lot. The Eagles believe that going back to Andy Reid in 1999, that's what he said. He said, give me a quarterback, two pass rushers, two tackles, two offensive tackles, two cornerbacks, and I'll figure out the rest. Um, that's their formula. 
That's what they want. That's what they want to build upon. Uh, and you can, you can do it many different ways. That's not to say that's the way you have to do it. But I think, you know, if you look from 1999 to 2021 where we are, so that's pretty significant sample size. The Eagles have been more successful than most teams. I know people are down right now because they're coming off a difficult year. Uh, but over that stretch, they've been far more successful than the average NFL team. So their formula has been pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Um now we're talking about the off season and pro days and combine and draft. Well, not combine, but um, Tom Pelissero and you retweeted this, and there was a memo sent to teams saying that they should prepare to conduct meetings virtually, um, but it's not going to be all virtual like it was last season. Fill us in on the changes coming up here for this off season compared to everything virtual last. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody's hopeful uh, that there's going to be some on-field work before training camp, as there wasn't last year. Uh, but it's all fluid. Everything's fluid. Everything is dependent. You know, so many, um, so many things you have to deal with because you're dealing with. Uh, I talk it all, all talk about it all the time. You're dealing with different fiefdoms as far as local governments. So, you know, for Tampa Bay or. Jacksonville or Miami, they can do whatever the hell they want right now. For other um, places in the country, that's not the case. If you go out to San Francisco, Los Angeles, um, not necessarily the case. So the NFL has to deal with all of that and come up with some kind of plan. And they're constantly negotiating with the NFLPA. I, I think one of the interesting parts is that you know, certainly the veteran players don't want off-season work. They don't want it, uh, and for different reasons that have nothing to do with the pandemic. Um, so we'll see how it how it shakes out. But I'm pretty confident you're going to see some on-field work. It's just a matter of what it looks like. It might be a lot of younger players, a lot of rookies, first-year players, and and maybe the veterans. Uh, don't have to show up, but we'll see. And they're constantly negotiating that. And I know J.C. Treader, who's the president of the NFLPA, he doesn't he doesn't want off-season work for the veterans. Talking with John McMullen, just like we do every night at 7.30 here on The Fix on AM 1490. Uh, follow him on Twitter at J.F. McMullen. We got into a little bit, John, um, like the potential reality of the Eagles taking – an offensive lineman. Uh, and I think we should get back into that a little bit more uh, later in the conversation. I do want to talk about all the latest surrounding Deshaun Watson, but let's focus on the Eagles for a second uh, and get back to their options now with the 12th pick. Yeah, I, I mean, I wrote about it on Sports Illustrated, my Eagles' latest Eagles-only mock draft. It's going to be up either tonight or tomorrow. But uh, I haven't taken Elijah Barrett Tucker for – uh, from USC um, at the 12th pick, and I know that's going to upset a lot of people. It's not the the sexiest thing in the world, but I, had, I go back to the history, and I just explained it uh, with this modern Eagles DNA. Um, anytime they've been in the top half of the draft, which is 16 or above, 
Uh, over that 22-year period, they've taken a quarterback, an offensive lineman, or a defensive lineman. So, I, you know, the one wild card would be corner. Uh, and there are corners that should be available at, at 12. I think if you look at the big three of Patrick Sertain and Caleb Farley and J.C. Horn, I think one of them at least and, and possibly two are going to be there. Um, but if the Eagles have any concern and uh, with certain prospects, they're going to default to what they feel most comfortable with. And I, I had him taking Vera Tucker because I think he's one of the safest prospects in this draft. He, I've compared him to Zach Martin, uh, the Dallas Cowboys All-Pro, because when he was coming out of college, he played a left tackle. And I remember talking to scouts that, um, they said he could play anywhere except center, and he'd be a, a, a star player. And sure enough, he lands in Dallas, and he plays right guard, and he's, a, I think, a six-time All-Pro. Uh, Barrett Tucker is very similar to that in that he played left tackle, but he can play anywhere. Um, and I, I don't think it's fair to say he's going to develop into a six-time All-Pro, but he, he's going to be a really good player. And the Eagles are getting older and they have injury concerns, and they have to start to sort of turn over that offensive line, and he's just he's just a really good player. A safe pick would make sense because that seems like the direction they're going anyway, trading back to 12, at least for this year, for this draft. Um, you know, like Pro Football Network, John, um, an article from a couple weeks ago, it was basically titled, Is He Worthy of a First-Round Selection? Uh, and, and they talked about, you know, just what he's about. And they said, same exact things you're saying, you know, used at guard, used at left tackle, uh, very skilled, fast-rising lineman. Would you be happy with that pick, given the circumstance and the mindset of this team? It does feel a little bit safe. As you said, I'm sure fans would absolutely lose their minds. Um, but it seems like you would be overall you know, happy with it if they went that direction. Yeah, I, I mean, me personally, I, I, the reason I picked him is I think he's going to be the best player at that position at, at number 12. Um, I, I, You know, fans, and, and this is generally, this is not just Eagles fans, fans in general, they always want skilled position people. And they're not excited by offensive linemen, but uh, again, often they're more important and they're taken for granted. And, you know, for years, you know, the best players on this team were, were Fletcher Cox and Lane Johnson and Brandon Brooks. I, I mean, that's your foundation. And, and everything else is sort of built off of it. And that's one of the things the Eagles have done right. And But, you know, I, I mean, we just talked about it to start this call. And people go nuts about the four threes and Kyle Pitts at 4'4", four, four, 245 pounds. And, it's just the nature of the beast. Uh, Kadarius Tony, uh, I saw that you know your uh, coworker over there at SI Ed Cracks. He had something to say. Well, he tweeted this out, and you retweeted it. That Eagles quarterback coach Brian Johnson was at the pro day, and they chopped it up with him. Said that Tony met with the Eagles a week ago and showed them um, the kind of person and player that he was. And he also said his uncle knows Jalen Hurts. Uh, your thoughts about 
the possibility of the Eagles going that direction? I mean, that stuff there was one of the frustrating parts. You know, you get on these uh, Zoom calls. In a typical year, it would be at the Combine. but um, And you get 47 different reporters from, you know, different cities in Brazil and everywhere else in between. And uh, have you spoken to the Eagles? Have you spoken to the Buccaneers? Have you spoken to the Bills? And the answer is always yes, because everybody talks to everybody. And certainly in Florida, I mean, Brian Johnson was the offensive coordinator there. Of course he's going down there. Of course it's his guys. Of course he likes them all. Of course he wants to check in. I I wouldn't put too much stock into that, other than he's very, very familiar. And and then you add into it, I mean, Howie Roseman went, went there, so... Uh, Florida is always in the forefront of people's minds with the Eagles, but uh, I, I wouldn't put too much emphasis on certain position coaches being at certain uh, certain pro days. I mean, every team does that. It's not really indicative of much. Uh, we talked about last week the possibility of four straight quarterbacks being selected to start the draft, which would be a first. Uh, And then you found the tweet. I forget who put it out there, but there was a couple different scenarios, a couple different years where three straight uh, were selected. How are you looking at, you know, the first five picks here now? Anything change uh, from your mind? No, I, I think the linchpin is just what the 49ers do as they trade it up to number three overall. I definitely think we're getting quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. It's just a matter of who the third quarterback is. And then Atlanta at number four is the first legitimate, okay, what are they going to do? They could draft a quarterback um, as an heir apparent to Matt Ryan, but they could go in a lot of different directions as well. And I know Kyle Pitts mentioned that uh, the Falcons seem very interested in him. So uh, they could go a different direction. It's never happened before. Ultimately, I think four quarterbacks in a row is going to be difficult. Somebody will uh, throw something into the mix. So I think we're going to go three quarterbacks for the third time in history. And then four, I think the Falcons are going to go in a different direction. And then Cincinnati. Cincinnati's interesting because they have Joe Burrow. They should, same thing we're talking about with the Eagles, they should build up the offensive line in front of them and draft Sewell. Uh, But a lot of people, you know, want Chase and they want that reunion. Uh, And Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase again. And they should take, if they're smart, they're going to take the offensive tackle. Yeah, that, that's going to be interesting to see what they do, what Atlanta does, as you mentioned. Um, you know, it, it's it's not the sexy picks there going offensive tackle, but like we've discussed, like you've outlined here, it's it's the smart it's the smart way to go about it. Uh, the proof is in in the pudding there with what that does in selecting uh, a lineman on either side, an elite lineman, an elite prospect, what it can do for your team and, and organization. Uh, John, Deshaun Watson, I want to get a few minutes with you on that because I, I, I sort of laughed today. Um, it was put out there on social media that the lawyer says, well, look at these 18 massage therapists who said <laughs> Deshaun Watson's a great yeah. guy. 
it, it, I, I think we're at 40 massage therapists. <laughs> Deshaun's got an issue. I, I, I don't know uh, why they did that. I don't think it was the best strategy in the world. Uh, it's almost like you, oh, you have 18 accusers. Let's find 18 more massage therapists you didn't abuse. I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing because um, the people that do have massage therapists tend to narrow it down to one or two, maybe a few if you're in different parts of the country, but you know, upwards of 40. I don't think this did what Rusty Harding was hoping it would do. Yeah, so what is what is your feel for it uh, today? I mean, do you think we're going to, and this is pure speculation, are we going to see him this year? Uh, my feel is he's going to get suspended by the NFL. Um, whether that is a year-long suspension um, or, or something shorter, I think depends a lot on, on the legal aspect of this. Remember, we don't, we don't know what's going to happen from numerous standpoints. And the fact that this turns into um, a legal process and not a civil process, well, then he's really, really in trouble. Um, if it remains a, a civil process, I think you, you have a bit of a precedent with Ezekiel Elliott, um, which is uh, about, I think, six games he got suspended. I'll have to double-check, but uh, I think you're more in that kind of range. Um, but, yeah, he's got, he's got some issues. It's just a matter of how difficult they become for him. And and certainly, I forget about him getting traded. I mean, I, I that would take a very <laughs> bold organization in the way that they would have to feel very comfortable in the blowback that they would receive uh, outside of football. And I, I can't think of an organization that would be willing to take on that kind of hit. What what would what would the uh, Texans do? You know, if and when Watson gets suspended, and how do you how does that impact things overall in the league? You know, if at all, what's the magnitude from that blowback? Well, from the Texans' standpoint, I mean, they'll have a decision to make again, depending on on how bad it gets. If it gets really bad, I would imagine they just. Uh, I mean, the worst case scenario in this type of situation would be jail time. So wouldn't be up to anyone. Um, obviously, it's not um, It's not gotten to that point. Uh, from a legal perspective, the Houston PD claims that there's no investigation, so it's nowhere near that point. And, and again, if it remains a, a civil uh, issue, um, I, I imagine there's enough for the NFL to act, and that's why I mentioned precedent where Ezekiel Elliott was suspended even though um, – it was it was not uh, pursued legally, um, so you would be talking, say, for sake of argument, six games, and then he'd be back. And I think they would handle it like anybody else. Yeah, it's an ugly situation. Um, we're just kind of all waiting for the shoe to drop there to see what happens. 
uh, and we'll have you updated, of course, every step of the way. We're talking with John McMullen, our NFL Eagles insider. Follow him on Twitter at JF McMullen. Philly Voice and SI.com is where you can find all of his written work. Be on the lookout uh, for his new article coming out on SI.com either tonight or tomorrow for an updated look at what the Eagles could do uh, in the NFL draft, extending the play every Saturday at 10 a.m. and Birds 365 coming next week. Right, John? This uh, upcoming Monday is the first show? Yeah, Monday, and we got a little preview. So if you go on the Jacob Media YouTube channel, a little preview of the show from Jody and I, uh, tape today. There you go. Uh, so the preview's out and available. Uh, exclusive preview and trailer there on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Uh, all right, just one or two more here for you, John, before I I let you run. If we want to just you know look away from the tackle and the offensive line and the defensive line for a minute now, if we have to put a percentage on it and we're looking at the skill positions, are the Eagles going to get risky? I mean, you just gave us the the look behind the curtain at what you're thinking the Eagles are going to do at 12. And that's in your article. That's going to be out soon. Um, but the likelihood of them going receiver uh, is what now at this point? I would put it at the 15, 20% range. Uh, I would say very unlikely. Um, I would think the only way they would go to that direction um, is if, the offensive linemen come off the board, and we're talking about uh, players like Rashawn Slater and Vera Tucker, and and they don't like the edge rushers, Greg Rousseau, uh, who had a bad three cone time, so maybe that knocks him out of the equation. Um, um, Quiddy Pay from Michigan, um, there's some concerns uh, over him. So if they're not in love with what they typically do. That's where I would default to corner, and, and I find it very hard to believe they wouldn't uh, look at all three of those potential corners as pretty significant upgrades. Uh, so you got to get through all those hurdles before you get to receiver. And then you got to say, is Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle going to be there? I think one of them is. Uh, I think more likely Smith. Um, and would the Eagles take a 165-pound receiver at number 12 overall if they're, and they haven't done it in over two decades at that position? Uh, I, uh, I guess the pressure of the fan base could play into it, but I, I don't think the Eagles will go will fall for that. I don't, I don't think they're going in that direction. All right, we're going to have to get more into, uh, obviously, everything surrounding the Eagles throughout the week here. We'll get more into it tomorrow. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more maybe either on tomorrow's show or, or Friday's show about the backfield and the running back position. We haven't bashed Miles Sanders in a while, John, so maybe we can get back on that train. <laughs> People love when I do that. Yeah. A great runner, Miles. They don't hear when I say that. No, of course they don't. Miles was mad at me, evidently. <laughs> I'm sure he was. Well, maybe we can uh, patch things up with him, or we can, um, you know, just put a stamp on on how we feel in the other direction. But uh, we'll get into everything Eagles here over the next couple of days and onward as we do every night, Monday to Friday at 7:30 with Johnny Mac. Follow him on Twitter at JF McMullen. All right, John, I appreciate it, brother. We'll talk tomorrow. 
All right. Thanks, Ryan. Yep. Thank you. There he is, Johnny Mac, dropping some knowledge on us here uh, on a Wednesday.